Welcome to the Less Doing Podcast, where you will learn how to start living more by doing less. Let me help you optimize, automate, and outsource your entire life so you can focus on doing the things you love. Now here's your host, Ari Mizell. So what's the colored brain? All right. Well, the colored brain basically is the brain's genetic ambiguity relief process. Okay. So what it does is um, in order for you to get some kind of clarity, okay, there is a very specific process um, that requires the regulation of specific neurotransmitters. Okay. Now, in order for you to... Um, achieve that clarity. These different processes of the brain also have different effects on how you manifest um, and interpret all this information. And so what it does, what that basically means is that uh, you have teams of people or groups of people that are looking through different colored glasses and they think they're not respected, not trusted, not appreciated, not because of any reality, but literally because other people are seeing things so differently than they are literally in, um, on, on, a, on an internal mental process that they just don't understand them. And so therefore there is uh, sometimes lack of synergy and uh, some conflict. So colored brain is the identification and measurement of the brain's ambiguity relief process and how you can apply this in a system in order to be more effective, more synergistic, and essentially create a better environment and a better organizational culture. Awesome. That's a tall order, but that's awesome. So we're, we're talking with Arthur Karmazzi, who is the Chief Awesomeness Officer of Directive Communication. So how did you get into this line of work, Arthur? I got into this because I failed miserably and I needed to fix it. <laughs> I, um, How'd you fail? Well, okay. At one point I was in a situation where I was a half a million dollars in debt and um, I uh, needed to get a job and I got this job in this big company and I was a department head and I thought, man, you know, when I, cause you know, when you first get a job you're like super excited. It's like, wow, you know, the future is so bright. But um, after about like three weeks, things started to kind of get more real and like fine people are blaming each other and the finance guys are blaming the procurement guys and the marketing guys are blaming the sales guys. Everybody's blaming everybody. And I'm thinking, man, what is wrong with these people? And I, you know, and I thought, okay, no problem. I can, I can do something. I, you know, and I come up with these really cool ideas. Have you ever come up with cool ideas? Yeah, every, every couple of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I took these ideas to some of the other department heads and said, look, you know what you can do. And we work together. You've got some resources. I got some resources. And, and, and then they'd say, look, you know, we understand you're new, but like you do your thing and we'll do our thing. And I'm thinking, oh man, you know, what is wrong with these people? And so I um, thought, okay, no problem. I can make a difference. Four and a half months later, you know what happened? Tell me. Without realizing it, I started blaming people. I started, you know, going, it's like, I, you know, like the finance guys, these guys, and then people would come up to me and say, hey, Arthur, can you help me with this thing? I'd say, look, you do your thing. I'll do my thing. I got sucked into the culture. And um, the thing is that I was doing less 
work and I was less happy because I started to become an underachiever. I, you know, I, I started to do a lot of busy work that wasn't really very efficient. And, um, I, and I became the person that gave up and didn't feel good about who I was, didn't feel good about my job. Um, and life sucked. And because of that, one day I looked in the mirror and I thought, man, you suck. And I, I, I went and talked to these bad people, these other department heads that were making my life difficult. And I found out something completely unexpected. I found out that they were real human beings and that they also actually had real standards and wanted to do a lot of the same things that I did and wanted to have the teamwork and wanted to be good leaders. And, and yet they weren't. They had got sucked in to the environment, into the culture. And so I'm thinking, wow, okay, so it's not really the people. It's the environment that creates these people. I mean, have you ever, because myself, I looked at this as like, I am not the kind of person that does this. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm a kind of person that goes out and I do things and I'm positive and, and yet I wasn't because of this environment. And so I, I started doing research on, uh, you know, why this was happening. And so eventually, uh, after about a year, I came up with uh, the framework of what would later be called the Directive Communication Psychology Body of Work. And uh, we ended up, uh, I ended up applying this and, you know, between my department and a few others, and we ended up saving the company about $17,000 a week in wastage. So then do you see that? And so what, what kind of a company was this? Like how many people were on the team? Well, okay, the, uh, it was a, it's a multinational and uh, the company, which was based in Singapore at the time, had uh, 1,800 plus people in it for, for that division. So then do, do you see, I mean, I, I know this is kind of like a weird question. Well, not weird. It's like a loaded question. But do you see different kinds of culture and leadership issues at different levels and sizes of businesses, revenue-wise, team size-wise? I mean, there must be to some extent, but there, I imagine there's some sort of common thread too. Absolutely. Well, okay. I mean, the larger companies... Um, have the most difficult uh, times if, because most of them didn't start thinking about culture in the, from the very beginning. So what ends up happening is that they don't, um, they, they let it just kind of unfold and then eventually they have problems, which is why they call me. So I'm not complaining. Um, but, you know, smaller companies, these are the companies that really have the opportunity to really develop their culture, and you know, from the very beginning. So, you know, you get... Uh, um, you know, people that start with, you know, maybe 20 people and then they start moving up and they start growing and they start getting bigger. And eventually they don't recognize their own companies and the cultures that they have created accidentally. So then how can they be, I guess, really more, how can smaller companies be really intentional about it? And how can bigger companies make sure that they continue to cultivate a proper culture? Well, all right. I mean, first of all, the um, uh, the there, there's easy ways and then there's expensive ways. Okay, so fundamentally, it's got to be a bottom up initiative, regardless of whether it's a small company or a big company. I mean, it's a lot easier to get twenty people to come up and say, "Hey, this is the culture we want," and 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 put it all together than you know a, a huge company with thirty thousand people. That says we want to, you know, have this kind of values, and we want our people to be engaged and everything else, because they've got 
big, big problems to deal with. But if you create a bottom-up system, okay, um, like for example, the uh, what we call our culture evolution process, um, they're able to really bring the people together to create an environment that supports their success in the process of achieving success for the company. But I mean, so, so is there some sort of practical measure though, really in order to not only put that, like set up a structure for that, but also bringing in the right people to that environment that you know will fit in that culture? Okay. Yeah. There's, and, and that's a very important factor is a lot of people do hire for competencies instead of cultural fit. Um, and, and that's dangerous because uh, you'll you can get some extremely competent people that will just destroy the, your, the morale in your team. And uh, then you have a whole bunch of underperformers. Um, so, yeah, cultural fit is more important than competency. But let, I mean, let's just look at the, the fundamentals of culture change. Um, the first thing you got to do is benchmark where you are. And uh, you've got to go, you've got to find out, okay, where's the culture right now? So are you at the very bottom, which is the what we call the blame culture, or uh, somewhere in the middle, the live and let live culture, where there is complacency and people are just like, well, you know, it's not broken. Why do we need to fix it? Or at the very top, which is the leadership and culture. And so as you, uh, in, if, if you're going to develop like a, the, that benchmark, okay, so there's a, there's a tool uh, called the uh, um, Culture Evolution Evaluation, which you can get at cultureevolution.com. And um, it gives you this uh, foundation of where you are, and then you can measure as you improve. But the initiatives of how to improve, well, you've got different things to do. So one of the easiest ways is to gamify it, Okay. So first of all, understanding your communication processes, okay? Your colored brain, okay? Which is the brain's ambiguity relief, okay? Who are the people that you're dealing with? Because your brain process has a major effect on trust, okay? Whether you trust or you respect people depends on whether they see that the way that you process and you do things, that your, your how is acceptable because sometimes people are so sure about their how that for them there's certain things to be done and certain ways to do it and it's just absolute common sense and if you're not doing it that way you obviously must be wrong and of course this creates difficulties when people have a genetic disposition towards something else and we call this brain racism what do we well that's a that's a pretty good term so what do we do about brain racism Okay, well, brain racism essentially is when you are judging people by the color of their brain, literally. And um, it is the, because, you know, sometimes, okay, let's say, for example, you have um, a chaotic processor, green brain. Okay, so these people need to take action in order to get clarity. And then you have somebody, let's say, for example, a purple brain or a relational processor. With them, the more information they collect, it just kind of, is related. So they don't need to take action. They need to get lots and lots and lots and lots of details in order to get clarity. So you got this guy, let's say that's the purple brain, um, as the manager asking the green brain to go ahead and, and create a detailed report. And then the green brain is going, oh my gosh, you know, why am I wasting my time with all this stuff? It just, you know, it makes absolutely no sense. And of course, he feels disrespected. And he feels like the manager is um, making his life difficult 
and making him do unnecessary work that he feels would be dumb and vice versa. You got the green brain in the, in the management position that says, Hey, I need a report. Then this uh, purple brain guy goes and he spends all this time to get all the details and makes it, you know, really detailed and everything else. And the green brain looks at it, it's like, Oh my gosh, why did you take so much time on this? Can you just, just give me a summary? And they don't even look at all this stuff. And, you know, and how, then people feel disrespected, undervalued, and that affects the culture itself. So how do you determine what color brain somebody is? Well, I, I mean, the easiest way for a layman to do it would be to go to coloredbrain.com and take the test. But of course, there's other ways you can do it just simply by listening to voice modulation and uh, uh, even just a, a standard communication when you're talking to people. So what color brain am I? <laughs> I would guess, based on the very, very limited uh, conversation we're having, is that you would probably be more red brain or linear process, which basically means you like structure um, and uh, you're the kind of person that, uh, you know, gets clarity through finding or creating structure in things. Yeah, well, I didn't want to put you on the spot, but I mean, you nailed it, I think. So thank you. <laughs> um, and. What and what color brain are you? Uh, I'm chaotic processing. So for me, I get clarity through action. So this is where it's like, uh, oh, squirrel, and you know, you start like going over here and and doing stuff. And of course, um, you uh, in in order to get because green brains, for example, um, because you're action oriented, green brains actually make more mistakes than any other brain color, um, but they recover faster from their mistakes than any other brain color. And uh, what ends up happening is that uh, sometimes they even come up with better ideas than the original idea because they've made a mistake. And so sometimes, you know, of course, uh, because, the, you know, when they're making mistakes, nobody even realizes it because it's kind of a fast recovery. Uh, red brains, on the other hand, okay, um, actually make the least mistakes of any other brain color. But if they do make a mistake... They take the longest to recover. It's because like, wait a minute, you know, maybe the facts are wrong. Where did I go wrong? You know, got to start back at the beginning. Where, you know, where, how did this go wrong? So like, how would you and I have to, like, what would you and I have to do in order to work together? Well, okay. First of all, you'd have to know what color brain I am and I'd have to know what color brain you are. And of course, like the easy way inside the colored brain system, I could just click on your picture and, and, and there's a little button that says additional insights and it'll tell me what I should do to have better communication, better productivity, et cetera, with you and vice versa. You could see me and you can you know do the same thing with me. But just in general, okay, because I have chaotic processing, I am an action. I, I, I need to take action to get clarity, but it doesn't necessarily mean physical action all the time. So you could help me to be a little bit more grounded by asking me questions that are going to get me to take action in my head so that I can answer those questions and help you get clarity and me get clarity at the same time. Okay. Now, in, in, in this way also, I would be, because I'm, uh, you know, working towards getting clarity through action, I would actually help you to basically be more action oriented and we would be able to synergize quite well uh, because it, you, you might kind of like wait on some stuff. It's like, wait a minute, you know, it's not totally clear yet. And, and, and that may not be comfortable for you to move. But now when you're with me, okay, and I'm kind of like, hey, come on, you know, let's do it. And, and you know, and I could, I would be, 
uh, the buffer to help you to take action faster, and you would be the buffer to help me get clarity without screwing up. That's really cool. Uh, that's that's very very cool. So, what are uh, what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? More effective. Okay. Well, I mean, um, based on you know just what the the lines that we've been talking about. Uh, the first thing is know your own colored brain. Uh, once you know how you interpret information, how you process information, okay, that's going to help you to manage your expectations when you're dealing with other people. Okay, so that's the first. Second, um, being able to understand other people's colored brain, okay, understand how they're working, why they're doing stuff in a certain way, okay, gives you an opportunity to set them up for success instead of failure because oftentimes we're like it's just like we're looking through these colored glasses right we know what to do it is so obvious it's common sense and when we get to somebody that is doing it differently or or they process differently and 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 they're maybe taking too long or not taking long enough or you know the, the their process of getting clarity is so different than yours that you're thinking oh my gosh these people are going to screw up okay you are literally creating environments of mistrust and less respect. And so by understanding other people, you can set them up so that they will succeed through their process and, of course, synergize with each other. And the final thing of, um, you know, that, uh, that I would say for productivity, measure everything, okay? And what I mean by measurement is like gamif gamification, Right. So you've got like Facebook measures your life right now. OK, so you go to Facebook, you see, oh, I got 20 likes on this or I got, oh, look at all these comments or, you know, I did a Facebook live and, you know, I got, you know, all these different shares. You got all these different things that are going on that excite you. So in order to close the communication gaps, in order to create these situations where you are, um, Create uh, where where you are more efficient, more effective. Gamify it, and and we use an app called Squadly that uh, takes like twenty seconds to uh, give these data points. And the most important part about that is that it's designed to be connected to objectives. And by connecting objectives of behavior or behavioral objectives rather than physical objectives, um, you're creating environments that support success. Um, across the entire team. Yeah, well, that's those are that's a pretty good way to be more effective. Those are awesome. Thank you so much, Arthur. So, where can people find out more about you? Take the test, uh, and also find out about the the Colored Brain Practitioner Certification. Oh well, okay. First of all, the uh, Colored Brain Practitioner Certification. Just go to coloredbrain.com, um, and you can find. Uh, you can just put get certified. Uh, you can also. Uh, find out more about me at karmazi.net. That's C-A-R-M-A-Z-Z-I.net. And uh, uh, Squadly, you can look it up, uh, or squadly.com. That's squad with an L-I, not an L-Y, squadly.com. Uh, plus, I'm actually going to be doing a webinar on uh, on how to, the gamification life hacks that you can do to improve your uh, your efficiency and effectiveness. And you can uh, get that at, uh, you can or register for that at psychologylifehacks.com. Awesome. 
Well, Arthur, thank you again for your time. That was very enlightening. And can't wait to find out the colored brains of, or what color the brains of my team members are. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing podcast. At Less Doing, we help entrepreneurs who have opportunity in excess of what their infrastructure can support to set up systems and processes that empower a team to ultimately make themselves more replaceable. That way they can optimize, automate, and outsource everything in their businesses in order to be more effective. If you want to find out more about Less Doing, the podcast, the blog, the books, and all of the wonderful programs we offer to help you get from where you are to where you know you want to be, go to lessdoing.com slash podcast and check out our OAO blueprint so you can get started today.